Good to be in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Cheryl, just to let you know, we're all sinners. The scariest scripture in the Bible is to him that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. And that does not have to be our sins that we talk about. If God tells you to do something, you don't do it, it's sin. So when he says go to all the world and preach the gospel and we don't, it's sin. If we, he says to reach the lost and... and If he says to reach the lost and we don't reach out, it's sin. So uh, it doesn't have to be um, all those big sins. It's still. And God is calling us. And how many believes that we've starting to understand a revelation here uh, in these campuses that we're at? Um, a revelation of that we are the Book of Acts Church. How many understands that, believes it? Do you really believe it? All you have to do is read the book of Acts. How many's read it this month? Just read through? Last day. All right. And then tomorrow is the 29th, and that's when we are. That's our time. The book of Acts does not end. There's no amen. Read it tomorrow or today, tonight. If you haven't read it. Uh... It is a continuation of, of what Jesus started when he said, I'm going to build my church. And we are that church. And so we are the book of Acts church. And so if you read the book of Acts, you will see things in there that amaze you. That you're like, wow, what a powerful church. That should be a direct reflection of what we are today. If you open book of Acts and you read it and you're looking at us and you're looking at the church world not necessarily us because we're perfect right um, you look at the church world and you say uh, this don't look like what I'm reading then it's up to us to change that and we have been doing that through fasting, through prayer um, through reaching the lost and, and becoming the power of the book of Acts if, if they could just get the scriptures up, Acts chapter 2, and we're going to read um, verse number 42, 44, and 46 through 47. Let's start with Acts chapter 2 and verse number 42. You can read it together if you want to. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse number 44, one more, there we go, and all that believed were together and had all things in common, very powerful, all that believed were together and had all things in common. Verse number 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Let's stay there for just a minute. I want to be very clear. There is a time through in my life that I became anti-church building and all about house to house. And then, um, and then there's some that are all about 
church and not anything to do with house to house. I believe through revelation and through this scripture that God showed me that church buildings and meeting together and fellowship and corporate worship is very much biblical, but also from house to house, we need to share this word. Verse number 47, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, how would you like to have the church added to daily? Now, we could come to church every day, I guess. They did every day there. They went to the temple. Um, I don't know how long their services was. I don't know how long the preaching was. If I understand it all, I think they probably went. They, they read a little bit. They listened a little bit. They prayed a little bit. And then they, depending on their time schedule, uh, but they made an attempt to go to the temple every day. We don't do that now. Um, and then they, along with that, they went house to house every day. It takes a commitment to be the Book of Acts church. This is not the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and being an, an apostolic believer is not for the weak-hearted people. It's not for a person that is, I may plug in when I have time. If I have time, I'll show up. Uh, you know, I'll be there Sunday and Wednesday or Sunday and Thursday, uh, whatever day that is, I'll do my very best. But, you know, it's a busy life. It's a busy schedule. And I don't really have time for all that. You've never been guilty of saying that kind of stuff? Oh, come on. I have. You know, which is church, church, church. Yep. You're apostolic, it is. I want it'll keep you out of trouble. You won't have a whole lot of time. You may have other problems, but you won't have some of the problems that you would. You may be tired, you may be weary, but if these people in the Bible worked probably harder than we work. Physically, they were. Workers. They didn't have a whole lot of office jobs. They didn't have uh, a whole lot of sales jobs. We're going to say, I'm going to sell my bricks to you today, and you want to place an order today, and you want to order the latest Bible. They didn't have, wasn't like that. These people worked, and so not only did they work, but they found time to go to the temple every day, and they found time to break bread house to house every day. And they had all things in common. This is, this is really powerful. And I am going to, you're going to hear it a lot. I'm not going to, I, I've become more and more comfortable. So uh, I feel now like I am actually a part. You know, when I came here in September, I felt kind of outside-ish. You know, I was an outsider. And then November was a little better, October, November, December. Uh, now I feel, today, I feel like I'm connected. Um, I don't think you can just move in and feel completely connected. I don't, you know, I knew what I was doing, and I, you know, I, I knew through those few months of not feeling completely connected. 
that um, I would get there. Now I'm there, so now I feel a little bit more freedom to really tell you what's on my heart. And Bible studies in your home, small group Bible studies uh, somewhere are an absolute necessity if the church is going to grow. And I'm going to even bring it down a little bit closer to home. If you're not doing it, you're not going to grow spiritually. We need each other. And in this day and hour, I need people to pray for me. Bill, my friend from Canton, texted me earlier today, and he simply said, I have my daughter, and he named her, his daughter's name, I think it was Katie, uh, a married daughter, was in some hospital with brain uh, with a brain injury or, or some uh, brain trauma. So later on, he texted me back. I said, are you doing okay? He said, yeah, I'm fine. Actually, the news that got to me was a little bit over-exaggerated, so it's not nearly as bad. I'm so sorry for reaching out to you and you know blowing up the phone for prayer. I said, well, I needed it anyway. <laughs> I needed to pray anyway, so I might as well thank you for getting me to pray. Uh, we need each other. Uh, you cannot live disconnected from the body. The reason why we struggle so much by being consistent living for God is because we are only connected where we want to connect and we're so disconnected in all the things that really, really matter. I'm going to talk tonight about the power of small groups, small group Bible studies. Uh, pastor is 100% behind this vision. In fact, his vision is to see right now at least 12 uh, fellowship groups going at the same time, right, starting now. Um, and it's very, very important that we catch that vision because there's going to be a time, and, I, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but there's going to be a time, and I think the missionaries said pray, be thankful for what you have because there will be a day that you won't have this. There will be a day that in the United States of America we will not be able to be here tonight worshiping together like we are. We're going to be divided up and push, and that's when we're going to have revival because God's going to push us up. But if you're not used to that now, it's going to be hard to adapt then. So we might as well get ready and be what the book of Acts tells us to do, and that's to, to fellowship together um, in, in small groups. And you can have small groups anywhere. Um, I'm going to tell you about our small group, and it's, it's beyond that point where I feel like it's completely 100% healthy because numerically it's growing. Um, we meet at the Wilson's house, um, a vision that Sister Chris had years ago, for years, said I'm going to have a church in this house, and it's going to be in, and Ricky said, you know, okay, you know, who's going to preach? I don't know, but somebody will. And um, so we were able to plug into that and start a Bible study there. Glenn and Rowena cannot go outside, especially in the wintertime. They're physically unable. So now we're bringing Bible study to them. They're attending every week. Um, Glenn wants me to preach more. I said, you're not preaching. No, I'm trying. So I'm trying to, like, walk this fine line. I get excited every now and then when I teach, so that sounds like preaching, so I can 
scream and it's preaching and te- talk softly and is um, is teaching. So it's grown and, and God has just done a tremendous thing. And we, we get there and we start actually, we get there earlier, uh, and, but by 7 o'clock most of the time we're started and we do not leave there. I don't ever really leave until after 10 o'clock. And then Surrey says it's about 48 minutes for you to get home. So it's not 11, 11.30 on Tuesday night is, is very much expected. It is not boring. I do not want to leave. And even if I did, Chris would have one more question. I just have one more question. And so we answer that question, which then leads into another question, which then leads into another question. So my point is, it is healthy. It feels good. It feels right. It feels like church. It feels like I am in community and in unity with believers. It feels better than being even here tonight. I, I like this, I'm not, but I get to talk and share and get questions asked and we interact and we, we kind of get open and like reveal like, yeah, this is where I'm living this week. And so it's so powerful. And so this Tuesday, we started off and I taught on, um, on how God is on our side and it doesn't matter what man does against you or says or pleads with you to do or yells at you about. Do not fear what man does or says or their opinion because God is on your side. And if God, and so we're teaching this, and it was good. You know, even, even I thought it was good. It was just, it was flowing good, and you felt God's spirit moving, and, and we had a first-time person there. And Tierra was there, and she was sitting over and receiving and nodding her head, and I could tell she was, she was connected. And I don't, I have, I just met her maybe this maybe the third time, in the, actually more than two or three minutes of actually talking to her, spent some time, and this is what's so powerful. We, we had been uh, throughout the day. Russell, my friend, had been texting encouraging things and. He texts people all the time, and if you're not on his list, get on his list. He'll, he'll light up your phones. He'll text you a bunch of good stuff and get you excited about God. So he was texting, and actually he was te- texting Kelly, and he said, what you believe in, you'll die for, and what you just think about, and maybe you won't, and you'll just change. You'll just change, and it'll never stick. If it's just something that I just thought about this or I think about this, I think this is the way it is, and maybe it is, and maybe it's not, it's just going, I mean, you're, good, you're always going to be changed, and you're never going to stick, and it's never going to be good. But if you believe in it, you'll die for it. So Kelly, the great thinker that she is, was thinking about it and had a question. I don't really get that. I don't, what are you trying to say exactly? Well, Russell was painting and drywalling and throwing mud on the wall, and he said, he called me up a little bit later on, and he said, you're going to have to t- explain this to Kelly because I don't have time right now. Just in your Bible study, you're going to Bible study? Yes. So I just, in my best way I could, I explained it. I said, and we're in this, and everybody's 
participating. Don's talking and, and people raising their hands and people talking and and I'm explaining why I what I believe. You know, if I have my family, then I believe in my family, I believe in my wife, I believe in my kids, I'm willing to die for them. I hope that I would die for you. I really do. I hope that I have enough God in me that if somebody said, You're gonna die for him? I think I will. There's a difference between thinking about it and believing it. Tyler's hoping, yes, he'll believe in me. But there's some things and some people and some doctrine and some truth that we absolutely believe in. There's nothing that's going to shake me from it. There's some things like, I don't know if it's worth it. Some people want to argue over things, and I don't even know if it's worth it. It's not worth the fight. It's not worth dying for. It's not worth getting attacked for. And so this is so powerful. God was moving. The Holy Ghost was moving. And Sister Kelly says, so it's just surrender. And it's God is my witness. The Holy Ghost just went, (laughs) fell in the house where we were sitting. Suddenly, Tierra started weeping and crying out. And saying, I need help in my family in this situation. And I need answers. And I'm frustrated. And I'm anxious. And I've got problems. And we said, we can pray for you. And she's weeping. And we begin to pray. And, and suddenly I realize she don't even have the Holy Ghost. So, well, we got to get her to church on Sunday so that she can receive the Holy Ghost. Right? So, Oh, we said, okay, now that was good, that was good, so come to church on Sunday, and then we'll pray for you at church on Sunday, and you'll get the Holy Ghost. No! We're like, God's here. I felt the Holy Ghost. So Heather's down there praying, Chris is praying, Kelly's praying. I'm just praying and shouting a little bit, praying and shouting a little bit, spinning around a little bit. Hallelujah. I'm like, as simple as surrender? And this happens. And I'm not... It, 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 am I not, am I lying? No, it fell. And it wasn't within five minutes, maybe ten at the most. Here's Tierra speaking in tongues. I mean, she's like this at first, shaking in power of the Holy Ghost and conviction and everything else. She's just shaking. And pretty soon those hands are up and her head's up. She's speaking in tongues and she's shaking and she's quaking and she's under the influence of the Holy Ghost. And we're all just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's what should happen in small groups. That is where the unity and the fellowship and the community brings the power of God. Wow. And then, there's one more question. All right, I got to leave, Chris. One more question. You know what's happened? As we have built a community together, and there is a trust level that has come along with this, we're together every week. We break bread and tamales and meatloaf and pizza and chicken salad. And we don't just break bread. Egg rolls. I, I wasn't even going to say that because I didn't want a bunch of people showing up. <laughs> 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 I 
take this fellowship to a whole new level. We, they cook. I mean, it's a meal. And we eat and we get full and then we teach and we talk. And Glenn and I spend at least 25 minutes discussing things. I said, Glenn, I'm not going to argue with you. But we discuss, and he pulls things out of me, and I pull things out of him. You ever try and change somebody that old? They're stuck in their ways. You know, they got their minds made up. So I'm able to stretch and pull, and, and we're together, and it's a, it feels so right. And if you get connected to a small group Bible study, it will feel right. I'm standing here tonight. I'm teaching. I have the microphone. There will be a time. Between now and the time I'm done, somebody will sit in their mind and say, oh, I've got a question about that. I wonder about that, but we're having church. We can't break the flow of the Spirit. No way. We're in the flow of the Holy Ghost. No time for questions. No time for, it's just time to teach, and everybody come to the altar and get what they got, and then they leave, right? No. Bible studies in the home or in a coffee shop. Can anybody tell I'm passionate about this? When I pastored, I looked the other day, and two weeks ago in Freeport, uh, how many, two, two weeks ago, like four years ago or however long it was, five years ago, six years ago, however long it was, on your Facebook, this day in history, you know, just look at that little, we had 193 in Sunday school, and it was like two weeks later, so I'm waiting until next week that we broke the 200 barrier. And we had revival in Freeport. People getting the Holy Ghost. I was excited, but I didn't really care about going to church on Sunday. I couldn't wait to get the coffee shop on Tuesday. And the coffee shop on Wednesday. And the coffee shop on Thursday. We had three coffee shop churches going. We have Bible studies everywhere. You give me a coffee shop, I'll have a Bible study. I'm drinking coffee. We had... And it was all, we had a church that was about 25, 30, maybe 40 on a good Sunday. And um, I talked about small groups, and they're like, I said, we need to get this. Uh, it's okay, we'll never, we're not going to take away your pacifier. Okay, that's okay. We got to meet in church, that's okay. I said, this Wednesday stuff is just not cutting it for us. We got to get out, we got to. Get in your homes, and we got to, and so everybody's like, no, nah, you know, I don't like that. I like the Wednesdays. I'm going to stick to Wednesdays. And so I got one of the young ministers in the church said, Corey, guess what you get to be? The guinea pig. You're going to prove me right. So they got a Bible study going, and pretty soon they're having 17, 18 people. They're calling me up at 11 o'clock at night. They're saying, first time he called me up, he said, Pastor Mark, uh, we need you to come down to church. We got, we got two people need baptized. I said, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm not coming to church and baptizing anybody. You baptize them. <laughs> Tell me about it in the morning. I'm sleeping. I'm just, you know. I'm... <laughs> You're at the church. Baptize them. So they did. That group grew, and all of a sudden it was having 25, 30 people. I said, you got to break it up. you got to break it up. It's too big. It's too big. Now it's a church. They said, well, what do we do? We love everybody. We just don't want to let anybody go. And Corey's like, Pastor Mark, come on, just let us keep together. I'll, I know this will work. I said, I know it won't, but I'm going to let you do it. 
So they grew about 30 people. Pretty soon it was 25, and then it was 20, and then it was 18, and then it was 15. The healthy amount is somewhere between 8 and 12 people. And then what happens is the shy people back off and stop interacting and stop talking and stop sharing. And the dominant personalities step up and they control everything. And then it's just like church. 8 to 12 people is healthy because what will happen is I'm okay with sharing. And then what, what Pastor and I have talked about even tonight is if I preach on Sunday, I'm going to have a handout. I'm going to have a little guideline of what I preach. I'm going to have a little note. And Pastor Inger is going to do the same thing. So if you get a Bible study going, you get a home fellowship group going, we're going to hand you that piece of paper on Sunday and say, teach this, at least go in there prepared with this. And then you sit down and you say, hey, you know what Pastor Inger was talking about this and preached on Sunday? What do you think about this? And then somebody's going to say, oh, I have a question about that. Because I, I was sitting right there, and he said this, and I'm like, what? I don't understand that. I need more answers. And so if everybody did that, Brother Inger would be flooded with 45 people saying, I have a question about that. So guess what happens? I'm not going to bug him. And we go home, and we don't get answers, and we're not fed like we need to. When listening to that preacher or teacher, did you ever want to say, stop? But hey, what about that? Or what about this? You ever had that happen? In small groups, the answers come. Preaching and teaching is good for knowledge. Small groups, home groups, fellowship groups, coffee shop groups, is application is best in small groups. What you hear and what you receive and what the knowledge you get during Sunday and Sunday night and on Thursdays or Wednesdays, whatever one you go to, that's good knowledge. It gets applied in a small group Bible study because then it begins to fit you. And so I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it and encourage you as much as I possibly can encourage you to get a, a either host a group or lead a group, uh, put one together. Some people are good hostess, but they're not good facilitators or teachers. So open your house and say, would somebody else come over here and teach? I'll open my house. Right? Some of you, I'm right in your comfort zone. I want my house. I'm, I'm, at my time, my stuff, I do this during the week. You're going to miss stuff that could happen. I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not being... I don't know Tierra, but I do know this. I think it would have been a lot longer for me to see her here than it was for me to see her there. There was safe. It was a house. It was an environment. It was family. It was friends. They knew people. And because I couldn't get her here or they couldn't get her here or there in Sheldon, Got her to the house, and then the Holy Ghost got her. There's some people that will never go to church, but they will go to your house. Amen. They will never, they, are, they have 
been burnt by church. They don't like church. They don't like church people. You're a bunch of, bunch of hypocrites. But hey, hey, listen. I got this pyramid scheme. <laughs> you win one and they win one. <laughs> They'll come for that, you know. It's not Amway, it's Aimway. We aim them to Jesus. So, you know, it's just whatever it is. People will come to your house. They'll come to a Bible study. They'll, they'll sit around and pretty soon they'll realize, you know, they, he's not as weird as I thought he was. They're, you know, these church people, they're not too bad. I kind of like them. And then their, their uh, defense comes down, and they're being fed. There was multiple, uh, almost consistently every week, there was 25 to 30 people in our coffee shop churches in Rockford and in Freeport that never came through our doors at church. We had people get the Holy Ghost. We, had, we baptized people. We did the work of the ministry outside the church building. Every single week, people that would never step foot in the door of a church came and got touched by God and got ministered to by God and, and realized, you know, I need something in my life. This one, this one young man, I remember him, he, he, we'd go to Rockford because he lived there, but he, he wanted to come to church, but he had anxiety so bad that when he'd get on the highway, he would panic, have an anxiety attack, and have to turn around and go back home. He just could not drive that far. But my coffee shop church, he was there every single week. He worshiped. He said, I've never felt God like this. I've never dreamed that this could feel this way. Don't tell me you're just going to feel God in church. You've got to feel God in the house, Amen. in the coffee shop. Amen. There's a lady. Her name is Lily, and she retired early from her job in Freeport so that she could work full-time in the soup kitchen voluntarily. She teaches to this day. Every Wednesday night, you could drive to Freeport, on the main drag of Freeport, there's two McDonald's. The main drag, I'm trying to think of what that street is. And you'll see Lily sitting there in that McDonald's having a Bible study every Wednesday night, like clockwork. And maybe about three or four people there. Then suddenly the guy sitting over across there is like, what are they doing? And then they'll come, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're having a Bible study. Oh, and then they'll get to talking. They've prayed for people in McDonald's. They've won people in McDonald's. It don't have to be your house. It could be in McDonald's. It could be in a coffee shop. It could be at the, your favorite restaurant. It could, be, it could be in a church. But I'm trying to, I'm, what I'm trying to get out tonight is it's so apostolic. It's so important that if we get this, it will cause this church to grow. But from we went from 25 people on Wednesday nights to suddenly throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, in Freeport, instead of having 25 people show up on Wednesday nights, maybe 20 on bad nights, all of a sudden we had 85 and 90 people in small groups. There was weeks we had more people in small group than we had on Sunday morning. I'm not joking. That's how people say, what did you guys, what did you do? What are you doing up there? What are you, what are you guys doing? We're, we're in houses breaking bread together because we found something in common. If you find people that like to eat it at, um, uh, what's a good restaurant? Come on, help me out. What? Lakeshore. If you find people like to eat at Lakeshore, guess what? You just go to Lakeshore and you have a Bible study because you have something in common. We like Lakeshore. I like Chris and Kelly's cooking, so that's where I'm at. 
I found something in common. Uh, one of a, a great man of God pastored in Appleton, Wisconsin. He passed away a few years ago with cancer. Now Aaron Soto is his, uh, took that church over. Um, but he started Bible study in his house. And now the church is over 300 people. They started in the basement of his house. He never stopped. He taught Bible studies. But here's what he did. When he found out his friend that he was playing golf with liked uh, baseball. Oh, I love baseball. Let's go play some baseball together. We'll talk about baseball. And he found something in common with them, and then he built a relationship with them. Small group Bible studies is about building relationships with people so that they will trust you when you give them the word of God. And then they find out, you know, suddenly I don't have to tell everybody what I need prayer for. They're just going to know. My friends at my small group Bible study that I'm part of, they're going to be able to know if I'm having a bad day. They're just going to know because they're connected with me. They're intertwined. My life is intertwined with them. It is not a bad thing. Me, who likes to push people away, who loves to be disconnected, who loves to be outside, I, I thrive in that. I love this. I love what I'm doing. I would do, I would do small group Bibles. Give me another one. I don't care. But ours is about ready. If you're here tonight, get ready. Ours is about ready to have to be split up a little bit. We can't. Well, we could put 20 people there, but then it's not healthy. We're going to have to, okay, half of you go in this room and half of you go in that room. The facilities are there. I guess we could, Kelly. We could just divide up. <laughs> Maybe that's what we're going to have to do. But what I would encourage you to do when it gets growing like that, then split it off a little bit. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm over here. We're closer together. Let's meet here together in this house. Let's go and plug in somewhere else. It is healthy, and it will bring unity. I'm excited about what God's going to do in 2016. Research shows that most people do not attend a church because of doctrine. They do not choose a church based on the doctrine that the church teaches. They choose a church because of the Christian support system that's in that church. If they can feel supported and they can feel a support system and they can feel connected and you cannot. When the church grows to 500 people in Storm Lake, you cannot be connected on Sunday morning only. And you cannot be connected on Sunday. You will be disconnected. There's no support system that. That's to get knowledge. Well, I got a little preach coming. I teach long enough, preach comes out, right? So, but research also shows that they leave the church not because of doctrine, but because they weren't supported. They didn't have a, a family support system. They didn't have a feeling of being connected. Small groups are time-tested support systems. And it doesn't matter where you meet, just meet. doesn't matter where you have it at, just do it. You'll understand the Bible better in a small group. They joined in fellowship and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Fellowship means committed to each other as much as we are committed to God. We need a church that is committed together. We need each other. You, Edith confessed. few weeks ago to me that when you first got here Mark 
we, Don and I, drug Don right in with him. We did not know if we would like you or not. We didn't even know if we liked you. She did say it. And now they're like, but now we do like you. We love you. And it's not because I've left them alone. It's not because I've pushed them aside. It's not because I said, well, you don't like me, so I don't. I went right after Don. I drug him around everywhere. I pushed him, prodded on him, pulled him up, pulled him along, loved on him, connected to him, but the relationship with him, now he trusts me. Now we've built community and connectivity. Small groups will build connectivity. Now Don drives to my small group. I think it's the food. It's us. It's fun. It's fantastic to see it happen. And, you know, I'm trying to make you jealous. I really am. I hope you walk out of your night so jealous and almost have a little bit of, a little bit of something in you against me. Like, I wish he hadn't talked so much about it. It is great. It is fun. And people can get the Holy Ghost. And lives are changing. All somebody has to simply say is, it's all about surrender, and God just moves and ministers, and we're sensitive, and we know what, and we, when it happened, it just felt like every one of our hearts just went, just burst out of us. Well, you missed it, Tyler, see? Showed up a week too early. But am I not, that week you came, when you had the week off, wasn't it powerful? Just God moving and touching lives, and there's prayer, and... Um, my true friends don't need to ask for my prayer request because they already know my life. And that's the kind of fellowship you want in your small group. Most people have been part of a group. And they say, the, the, the people that have been part of a group say that the greatest thing about it is close relationships and friendships that develop. They will frequently telephone each other or text during the week to share an urgent prayer request or an exciting answer. I mean, is any of our group, is their phones lit up? Oh, what happened today? Texting this and that. I'm like, I have not got time for all this stuff. I got to put loads in the system and my phone's ringing and my text is coming through. And it feels good because I'm like, well, these are my friends. These are people I care about. These are the people that I'm, I'm this close to saying, I'm, I, I believe in it and I believe in you so much I would die for you. Two months ago, I don't know if I would have, but I'm so drawn into this group and I'm connected with this group that I don't want anything to happen. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to protect the unity. Nobody's going to talk about my friend. Nobody's going to put my friend down. Nobody's going to drag my group down. We are a group of people. We're a family. We're connected. We believe in the unity of our group. It will change our church if we, if every one of you would get on board and say, if I'm not in one, I'm going to get in one, and I'll make the time if I don't have the time. If you are too busy to be in a small group, then you're too busy. I'm just going to say it. Brother, you can come and pull me back in a minute. But if you're too busy to do the work of God, then you're too busy. We get so wrapped up in our lives that we're too busy. I cannot be too busy to see somebody receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I can never be too busy to win the lost. 
there's people you will reach in a small group, a family member, a friend that you've asked and you've asked and you've asked, will you come to church? Will you come to church? No, no, no. Every excuse in the book, but you say, come to my house and I'll bake you some cookies, Sister Shirley. I'm there. We'll sit and eat cookies and drink coffee or tea and talk about the word of God. If you don't want to lead it, somebody will because they got good cookies and good word. And it will build and it will build and it will build and it will build. It's the book of Acts. It says it right there. They did it every day. You want to know why every single day God added to the church? Every single day is because they were committed to being in unity together. Amen. House to house. You know, sometimes I say, well, I don't want everybody to be mad or upset. I do want somebody to get convicted tonight because I want, it will change you. It will change, it'll put a spark. It will put a little pep in your step. It will give you some purpose. The problem is we don't have a purpose. In our church, we come and we get fed on Sunday and we go out and we don't have no purpose. Find a purpose that you can sit there and weep with somebody and cry with somebody and be excited with somebody and celebrate the victories together. In a small group, you'll discover that your need and your problem is not unique. We're all in the same boat and it helps to know that others are facing the same difficulties or have lived through the same things and learn spiritual principles in the process. Small groups provide an excellent support in times of crisis, change, and stress. You'll have a sense of stability and security knowing that there are people who really care for you and are committed to stand with you. I love my Bible study. I love the people I'm with. I plan my Tuesdays. In fact, I'm already cursing a snowstorm on Tuesday. I am cursing it. Because I looked at the weather forecast late Monday night into Tuesday, four to eight inches of snow, and somebody say 16, somebody say two feet. I don't even care what it is. I curse it because I've got a Bible study to go to. It will flat tick me off. If the snow comes and I can't get the heart, I will take me off. And it will take Chris off. Is it okay to say ticked off? I'm sorry. I've heard things come out of YouTube. So. I just want to I said it about four times, so I was like, well, I'm going to have to repent four times for that one. A little irritated. Much agitation will come to my life if something happens to stop my small group Bible study. Come on. you got to get excited about this. This is what's going to grow the church. This is what is going to take us to the next level. Oh, I cannot wait till we have more people in Bible studies during the week than we have on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night in our campus buildings. Oh, hallelujah. They will come. If you open your home, if you open your heart, if you open your life, they will come. You're so hungry for the word of God, you need one. It don't matter how far you are away, somebody will come. Yes. It 
doesn't matter how far you are away. It doesn't matter how hard it is for you to get out. It doesn't matter all that. Somebody will be there because I want to share the word of God. I want to break bread. I want to be in unity. I want to have apostolic purpose. I want to feel what I felt on Tuesday night, next Tuesday night. It's apostolic. It's not Mark Tipton. It's not my idea. It's not my suggestion. It's the apostolic word of God that said if they will go and they will break bread from house to house every day and be in conformity to each other and understand and and be in unity, then I will cause the church to grow every single day. Day after day, I'm closing. Brother Inger's got a meeting. Day after day, in the temple courts, and from house to house. (laughs) Whoa, Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Acts chapter 5 and verse 42. Come on, help me out. And daily in the temple... And in every house. Every house. Oh. <laughs> in every house. They ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. This is not a Sunday experience. This is not a Thursday night experience. This is an everyday walk with God, talk with God, share with each other, build each other up, celebrate together. Oh. Hallelujah. They cease not to preach and teach Jesus Christ. Every day. Every day. And Brother Inger, if I must confess to myself and confess my sins, every day seems like a lot. But I'm going to ask you to do something. Purpose in your heart. To give one more night to Jesus. One more day. I don't know where I'm going to find the time. You'll find the time. The principle of giving and it shall be given to you is not just monetary things. If you give to God, he'll make room for more stuff. The more you give God your time, the more he's going time he's going to give you. And the more effective your time is and the more joyous your time is. Amen. Why don't you stand? Amen. Brother Kalaba um, is the pastor in Storm Lake Sunday mornings for the Karen Church. When I was over there last week, he told me, um, he said, Brother Inger, he said, uh, a lot of the people won't get out because it's too cold. From the country they're from to where they are now, he said they won't come to church. That's too cold. I mean, the weather came in. They locked themselves in. And so he had service to the ones that would show up. And he said, I won't be here tonight. He said, I can't be out there on Sunday nights. I said, why is that? He said, well, I got to go house to house to take care of the flock that God put me over. So he leaves immediately from church after they eat. Some of you caught them when they're eating there. They eat. They clean up. Then they go from house to have a Bible study. Then they go to the next house to have a Bible study. The people that won't go outside because it's too cold. 
Let me, let me, I challenged the Storm Lake Church last night. Let me challenge some of the Storm Lake people that are here. Brother Carlos, Brother, um, Brother Jay Cruz, um, we have zero Spanish-speaking fellowship groups. Zero. None. We are losing, Brother Carlos, Sister Alicia, Brother Jay Cruz, we are losing the Spanish people in Storm Lake. They don't feel cared for. They don't feel connected. We're in a too big of a building. Feels like there's too many English people there. Doesn't feel like home anymore. One by one, every week this month, they have come to me and said, we're looking for another church. We have no care group for them. I can't speak the language. These are Spanish only. I can't speak the language. Can't get in their homes. Can't get them together. Different cultures, different traditions, different beliefs. We have no Spanish-speaking family or person meeting house to house now. None. We're going to end up losing them. It's on my heart. I told Brother Tiffin before he got up here, he said, I, I said, I, I have a vision for 12 at minimum. 12. I'll be very disappointed if there's not 12 care groups. I'm calling them care groups overall. What they look like underneath, that's up to you. That's between you and God. They could be fellowship groups. They could be prayer groups. They could be um, counseling groups. We're about ready to do a recovery ministry group. I don't know what you want to label them below, but above them, they're care groups. They're our safety net to keep the family together. The reason Marathon felt like home, Brother Larry, when there were 13 people here, because it was a small group. And when we went beyond 13 people, um, uh, it got a little uncomfortable. What are you doing to my family? What do you mean we can't have potluck every week? What do you mean we can't meet in the side room? What do you mean I can't see the pastor? So we're growing. I'm going to say this all year long. Leaders lead. Leaders lead. You're either leading or you're following. Either you're leading a care group or you're attending the care group and you're the one that people are ministering to. You're either the minister or you're being ministered to. I put a lot of pressure on the leaders. The leaders lead. Okay. Tell me, Pastor, I want to be a leader. Okay, good. Start a care group. Get in the home of some family. Invite them into your home. Whatever it takes. Use the church buildings. We, we pay week, year, or, or, uh, uh, week around for the electricity and for the heat and everything. You might as well go sit in there, too. If, mm -hmm. right. I also want to point out, you don't have to stress out. The Holy Ghost will lead it. It's not a checklist where you go through and you've got to give your ten little scriptures and you've got to preach a per perfect sermon and you've got to have everything just right and worksheets and hands. No, no, no. It's about just getting in the lives of people and say, hey, we care for you. We're here to protect you. We're here to be a family. We're here to pray for you. Your care groups will be broke. I mean, your care groups will be um, interrupted and it won't go the way you think it's going. Just let the Holy Ghost lead. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Brother Tippin, um, absolutely. Don't, I mean, everybody's looking at me like, Pastor, you tell them it's okay, Brother Tippin, preach. Absolutely. This has been my dream. This has been my vision. One man, if he's a great pastor, can pastor 70 people. I'm not even a great man or a great pastor. I am beyond my limit. I am well beyond my capabilities. We need you to start becoming ministers and leaders and teachers and care group leaders. Amen. I want to pray for you. I do got to run. I do apologize. This is kind of an emergency meeting, and I'm going to have to take the tape recorder so you can hit stop now.